Trayvon Martin. Without feeling scared, that the cop is not going to come to them with a death sentence. Breonna Taylor. Orlando Castillo. My daughter tells me I can't leave you because I've seen what happened to your friend. I think you need me. Alton Sterling. You call, you think that's okay? Check his claws. Check his right. Stop. Check his claws. Check. The man ain't moved yet, bro. Eric Gardner. Mike Brown. Get out the car. No, I'm, I don't know what's going on. Ahmaud Aubrey. He's running right left. There he goes right left. Okay, what is he doing? Running down the street. George Floyd. I think it's with a very heavy heart that we're bringing this episode to our listeners. Um... It doesn't feel right jumping in with a welcome confetti listeners. It's uh, somber. Yeah, it'll be very forced, you know, if we were to just come in and say, hey, welcome, you know, because um, to be honest, it's not a topic that we really want to discuss, but we feel it's our obligation and duty to address a lot of what we've been seeing, hearing, and... Um, you know, the conversations that have been going on in regards to unfortunate events with George Floyd and um, and just the, the outbreak of what we've seen. Um, I know you mentioned that it's not a conversation that we want to have, but um, it's actually been a conversation that, that I've been wanting to have. I've been wanting to do nothing but talk about it. I don't know if that's like my way of getting out what's in my head and what what I saw in that video and what I'm seeing around me, but talking has been my only outlet as of late. And I know I've brought up um, doing a racism episode to you before and you were a bit hesitant on it. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that might be why you're saying now too, that it's not a conversation that you want to have. What are your, your views on it? Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, race in general is a conversation that nobody really wants to talk about, mm-hmm. but you know, it is something that needs to be addressed, which I feel is what we're doing now. You know, it's our duty to address when these type of events happen and the duty of others and, and just people in general, you know, when we see injustice as what we saw within the video, it's, we need to voice our frustration and, um, you know, my opinion on what we saw, of course it was just downright brutal. Um, just watching a man, you know, go through what he did and that video is probably what, like 10 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and you, you literally see a man, you know, dying in front of your eyes and just the total disregard for his health and safety was his life. Yeah, it was just inhuman. And you know, we we we've seen we've seen it before, which is sad to say, you know, we've seen um a black man go through the troubles that 
George Floyd went through with police and it, it's it for some reason you know this one hits a little harder and I think this was like the snapping point for a lot of people to where we've had a lot more anger a lot more frustration and I've seen it both ways I've seen where everyone has been downright frustrated and and just ready to to snap basically but then you also see people who are arguing on the other side of things kind of I don't want to say condoning what happened but disregarding and that in itself is is completely sad you know it it's we want to really address a lot of concerns and a lot of what happened within this episode but it's 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 hard to to wrap it all up. So I apologize, you know, if I'm a little lost for words, because in all honesty, the whole situation leaves you for a loss of words. I guess this is why I love having this podcast with you, because there's, I think, you know, you, you're, you're, you've always been that support system for me. So as I've been going through my emotions with George Floyd, I haven't really heard your thoughts on it as much. And how you've been internalizing it, um, so I, I, it's good to hear how you're interpreting and seeing it. Because I know I come to you and I just like barf <laughs> every every thought that I'm having about this, you know. And, and it's like your job to console me, and I don't think I've had that opportunity to console you and how you're walking through this as a black man because you must feel for it even more, you know. As a black woman, I. I, you know, have my own thoughts and challenges with racism, um, much more so within the last four years. But as a black male, you know, it's 10 times harder on you. Um, and I try to envision what that's like because we have two black sons. Um, and I'm, and I'm terrified for the world that they're going into and, and, and and what we have to prepare them for because you know you you want to wrap them in this bubble so badly and tell them that if they're good and if if they're kind humans you know that um the world would treat that them the, the same that the world would treat them the same and that they won't be hurt and um and that's just not the case you know um, but I want to, um, I want to talk, I, I get, have some structure to this episode as hard as it's going to be. So George Floyd is what has sparked this conversation today. And I know we took very two different approaches on this. We, we spoke about how we would handle this episode and I was much more blunt with it. And I said, you know, I want to play the tape. I want I want people to have to listen, you know, because I sat in my office at work and listened and watched him die, you know, and I, and I listened to him cry out for his mother and, and that, that, that burnt me so badly and it hurt me so much that it would, it sparked that rage, you know, that you're seeing across the world. And I wanted other people who don't have that rage yet to feel it. You know, it's almost like a vindictive, spiteful kind of thing. Like, like that cop made me feel this, so now I want you all to feel it. You actually you know? brought that 
bring that to my attention because the first time I saw it, I had the video on mute because yeah. I had I had Noah with me and Noah was going to sleep. I didn't want the volume all in his head, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that he was um, calling out to his mother he in that called video. Out for his mom, and then yeah. I didn't even know that at that time his mother had passed. Yeah, which is even deeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is basically this man calling out like, you know, Lord, please yeah. don't let me, yeah, don't let me die. Type of it, yeah, it's it's horrible and you know you 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 see him going through this and i think the worst part is in that video you have the officers not acknowledging anything he's saying you know not really addressing any of what he's going through not checking on him nothing they just simply once this man goes limp and they see the ambulance come in just roll him over put him on the stretcher and and, you know yeah it's not much and it's even worse that that's what the officers did and then when you see this video on social media there's a lot of people i i i don't want to say like doing what the officers did but they're not acknowledging it you know they kind of are doing what the officers did and not acknowledging the situation which i think is something that most people need to do is voice it you know if you're if you're not out protesting which in all honesty is not me. I'm not one of the people out in the, out in the streets protesting. But if I do see something or hear something that I feel is wrong, I I, I hop in, you know, and I, I just want to I just want people to know that, you know, we all have a say in the way things play out. And the more people that do say something and do something, whether that's us being out protesting, whether that's us looking up information on how we can change the way this world is going something uh, it all helps yeah so um for those who have not seen the video have not heard the audio or don't remotely know what happened um as you said, you know, um, so so George Floyd was a 46-year-old black American man who, um, to my knowledge, and I didn't do extensive research on, you know, exactly what went down, but he was in a store. He attempted to purchase something. They thought his dollar, bit was, dollar bill was counterfeit. Um, so he left the store. He didn't, to my knowledge, didn't make any sort of big show or whatever you know he he gave the money and then tried to leave and they called the cops on him and when the cops pulled up one thing led to another and they tried to detain him they did detain him actually because they had handcuffs on him and they wrestled him to the floor and then um a white officer in quote-unquote his attempt to to keep him detained um rested his knee and therefore his whole body weight into his neck um and stayed there for almost 10 minutes as george told him he couldn't breathe um and asked him to relieve him and and to get off of his neck and onlookers watched and um recorded and 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 pleaded with the cops to to relieve him as they watched him you know losing strength 
and uh, the cop kept his hand in his pocket the whole time, very carelessly, um, and his accomplice um, stood there and did nothing. You know, um, he, he kept saying, this is what happens when you're on drugs or some, some shit like that. Like, I didn't even know what the point of that was. And then at some point in the video, George goes limp and he, he stops, he stops making any sort of noise or response or anything. Um, it's, it's clear that, you know, he's either passed out or he's dead, which unfortunately was the latter. Um, and when paramedics come, they don't try to check on him, resuscitate him, nothing. They kind of just drag him like nothing and, and put him onto the stretcher and they, they drive away. And so that, that's, that's what took place. And that's what, um, has been causing this outrage. And that's, that's what a lot of people are hurting over. And because we're not playing the video, I did want to just kind of relay that for what happened because it, it was, it was a painful video to watch. Um, and I know a lot of people can't watch it. So, and I don't fault you for that at all. Um, because it is hard, but, um, we're here to talk about what has been taking place after that, because a lot is happening in the world right now, and a lot of people are hurting, and a lot of people are, are trying to speak out. There have been riots, there have been protests, because obviously this isn't the first time that it's happened, you know, um, and there's the saying going around that it, and it's not that it's stopped, it's just that it's getting filmed now. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just really scary to me, you know, that it's still so prevalent and so bold that he didn't have the care to, to at least lift his knee off, you know, even to just like give him two minutes of a breather, you know, he just left it there. Something. And it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's sad, you know, like you said, um, it, it's always been something that has been prevalent. And even in my growing up, you know, I, you don't realize how crazy this, this world is and how black people are, are really treated. Um, did your mom ever have to have the talk with you? No, I don't. I, I I think because of social media, we have now gotten to that point where we're like, OK, this shit is crazy. Mm -hmm. And us as black people need to really teach our children and our youth how to go about the world, knowing that at any point in time, your yeah. life could change. But I don't think at that time it was as prevalent or as as out there, I should say. I don't now that I'm asking you, you know, I don't. I don't even know if it might be that. I, I think it could have been a sense of complacency as well. You know, this 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 fault in our mind of thinking that we've moved past this. You know, like Selma happened and the civil rights movement has passed and and we're we're still thinking of America the Great, you know, and that we are this progressive country and we're thinking that LGBTQ is happening and 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 we've had a black president and we're thinking in our minds that things are getting better and, and those things yeah maybe there's one or two incidents here or there but it's getting better 
So now that I'm asking you that, maybe that that's why, you know, those talks weren't as it could be as big, you know, because I know with um, that sense of hope, I'm saying, yeah. yeah. And with Obama becoming president, you know, being our first African-American president, that shot and rung bells through like my entire my entire city. Um, Everybody. I remember sitting at the tv that night watching him you know and i remember yeah wolf blitzer was on the tv and he's like change has come to america i remember that i remember hearing that went crazy she made yeah my mom obama shirts as she could my mom made us stay up that night she made me go out and buy the newspaper that next morning (laughs) i still have the newspaper of when obama yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. i still have that frames like it was a it was a it was a moment moment to where we were like okay Changes come yeah. like we we were. We made it in I don't even want to say we were duped because I feel like we were on a momentum. Like we were, we were close to getting there. And and when I say that, because I mean, I don't want to pretend that the racists weren't there because when Trump came, you know, it unveiled all of that. It it pulled back the curtain on so many things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. When we, when Obama was chosen, it was sort of a signal to everybody else that we weren't okay with them, you know, like racism still isn't okay, you know, and and it was like, you guys still need to be hiding because we're making movements towards getting you out. And then Trump came and he rubbed them up and... Yeah, they came out, I don't want to say came out of hiding, but They came out in droves. Yeah, they came out hard and it... It it shook me because, as you know, like the whole time when he decided to run for president, my mindset was just like, "There's no way yeah. in hell this man is." Going I remember because I would cry to you about for for nights because Gray hadn't been born yet. I think he Gray was born the month after the election, and I was terrified. I was terrified. I was like, "What is going to happen yeah. if this man is elected?" And I, I would just shake it off because I was like, "There's no way in hell yeah. the American people would." let yeah. this man become pre- like if you just anyone who's listened to anything he says how he goes about debates it, it's nowhere near what we've seen the norm for yeah. a president and in in essence i really think that's what got him into office is the way he acts yeah and i feel like a lot of the american people relate to that mm-hmm. which i didn't think was how the American people were. Yeah. So, and, and with saying that with Trump, you know, it's not, I, I've come to realize, and maybe in my ignorance initially, I, I did assume, you know, just all Trump supporters were racist mm-hmm. and they're not, you know, a lot of them choose to look past his words and the things that he promotes or incites because of how well he can handle the economy or how well he can handle business and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with what's going on today, I realize that for so much of what it is in, in that, that it's it's white privilege. Again, you know, it's because it doesn't affect you, you're able to look past that because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and definitely, you know, that's one of the one of the major things I was looking at as well, because when you see Trump in there and you realize he has so many like the white supremacists backing him mm-hmm. and, and all of this. But at the same time, you still see you still see black people, yeah. you know, supporting mm-hmm. Trump as well. So at that point, you're thinking like, okay, this can't just be a racist thing. What yeah. else is under 
what else is underlying as far as like why people support this man and is is economic wise like if you look at it and just be like okay i can disregard all of the racist shit this man mm-hmm. has done or said because i know financially i'm gaining from this yeah so you putting you're putting things that are humane and and equality to the side yeah. for your own personal gain which in essence is just as bad as being racist to me yeah and, and it's scary yeah. you know it's scary how many people he emboldens i mean right after the the election you know they had um charlottesville where they had essentially nazis protesting you know and that was terrifying and and even now as we're talking you know i'm 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 getting so much anxiety over what this episode will attract. You know, will will the wrong person listen to this and and you know make slurs at us or whatever because you know of yeah. of us going against him, you know, it's it's just scary what he has given them so much confidence in to just go out in the world and just have this hate and you don't really see any type of action against yeah. them. They're just kind of like, okay, I can get away with this. Exactly. And let me see how much I can get away with exactly. type of mentality. And that's where you see all of these ruthless killings. And mm-hmm. and, and even just, just the protests. Because there was that meme going on, you know, about how two weeks ago they had a, a group of white men storm some of city halls and stuff full with armored gear because they wanted the lockdown to end and he tweeted that they were very fine people they just wanted to be able to go back outside and this week when people are protesting over the death of a man he calls them thugs you know and and it's just like he knows what he's doing you know like even if i think on some levels he's not intelligent he knows what he's doing. He knows his base and he mm-hmm. knows who to to fan the flames of and and it's just so disgusting to me to see and it's so scary to me to see because they're such a powerful group of people, mm-hmm. you know? And in the wrong hands, what does power do? You know, I mean that's the whole thing with police brutality right now. They're 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 the people that are supposed to protect us and they are given this power to protect us and then they do things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just terrifying to me. Yeah. And it um you know, I'm you you make a great point with you know, Trump and, and what he says and the one thing the one thing I like is that what he does is he speaks his mind. He has no filter to it, Mm -hmm. which it allows me to see who you truly are because you're not like a president who, okay, I got to sit back and think of what I'm going to say and kind of phrase it in a way to where I don't offend anybody. or I don't, I I just kind of have to be very Mm -hmm. professional about it. And this man has no professionalism about how he puts his shit out, which allows me to not have to do any filtering i don't have to dig through deep i know what you're saying and it it makes it just that easy for me to see if anyone follows you for what you're saying you're really just like this man in all honesty um and you know you you've seen a lot of shit that that went on with you know the immigration building the wall make america great again how he traded those those children 
um, with the cages and shit. Yeah. You know, if you still vote for this man after seeing this, then what does that say about you? It, it, yeah, the whole situation, man. It, the way the world is going, and just a lot of a lot of stuff that and just came out. And I was gonna say I, that's the thing. It, I from watching the world and watching social media, I I feel like it's not the world. It's us. It's America. It's America that has this extremely dirty stain on their conscience that they're not bothered to get rid of, you know, like, because you see the marches all around the world and you see, you don't hear about police brutality in Europe and Ireland. I love Ireland. You don't hear about police (laughs) brutality there or in the Netherlands or New Zealand. Like, you don't hear about it, you know? And yet they're constantly hearing about it here in a place where slavery was bred, you know, and where it, it was fought for to keep, you know, like we are the ones that have this, this disgusting history that for some reason we can't cut clean, you know, like there's so many of Americans that are still holding on to it because they believed in it somehow, you know, and that again, I, I keep saying this, but that's just terrifying to me, you know. And and when when the election happened, I was, I was, my whole mind changed. My whole mind and mindset and everything about me as an American changed. Mm-hmm. Before that, I. I was ignorant in the in in the fact that I used to be that one person that would say, you know, I don't see color because I thought everyone didn't see color. I was I was like we're all the same, you, you love me. Both. Yeah, I was very ignorant in that, you know, and I I didn't think twice about the white person I spoke to. I didn't think twice about how I was presenting myself to other people. I I didn't it what my my skin was not a thought to me. And after the election, after hearing things that he said and seeing people that agreed with it or didn't agree with it but didn't speak out against it or, you know, just seeing that he got elected, it just changed me entirely. And mm-hmm. since, and that was four years ago. And with every year, I, I, just, I just lost more faith, yeah. you know? It's, um, it is, it's, uh... Like I, I keep saying it's horrible, but I, I have no other way. That's what to I'm saying. Like I know, like, I hear myself continually saying the same words, but I have no other way to to vocalize it. Yeah. And as as the years have have passed on, I've put my like. It's gonna sound really cheesy, but he wanted to build a wall, and he did in so many ways. He built a wall between so many Americans. Mm-hmm. He built a wall. I built a wall around myself and my my white friends you know friends that I never thought twice about when they posted something I would automatically think are you on my team or not are even if it was nothing to do with race you know like all of a sudden I'm thinking huh is she a Trump supporter is he a Trump supporter what does that mean if they are should I even talk to them do I need to be blocking all these thoughts are now crossing my mind when before it was just this is my friend Right. You know, 
Yeah, like Democrat Republican was just a thing, like for at least for our generation. For our generation, yeah. We would, we would be like, oh, you Democrat or Republican? Or even if we went into that whole political debate, no matter what it was, we were still fine. Mm-hmm. Still friends, still playing ball. But I think with what what has happened with him being elected, like you mentioned, it brought that wall and it just it really just created a divide to where you question everything about a person's motive everything everything made yeah conversation and just going out in public difficult and you you yeah. just don't know how, how you're to picking react. apart people's sentences when she said that did she mean this when he said that did he mean that yeah that didn't like, really seem real yeah. and genuine what you just said or now it's like i bet that person's a trump supporter you know and it's like little bites like that that mm-hmm. are are now embedded into us and and it's crazy how mm-hmm. fast that that became embedded into us but it it happened like the election was such a scary and traumatizing time and the point since then has been traumatizing and i think to the white people that don't understand how traumatizing it's been reflects on how much really still needs to change mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, and 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 that's another thing. You know, I know a lot of a lot of people aren't really grasping, you know, why everyone's upset, or like not they they get that a man has unjustly died due to the hands of police brutality, but I don't think they really understand why everyone is upset as as much as they are because they're like, okay, this type of thing has happened in the past. Why are you guys going crazy looting? And it's like when you see these type of things. And you brought it up as well, you know, in past things with the Black Lives Matter movement, you've seen a lot of quiet protests, a lot of peaceful gatherings to where we kind of show up and and, sh- and support, you know, like, hey, this isn't right. Things need to change. But you haven't really seen change. And then people just at one point, you know, you get fed up. And it's like not too long ago, we were just talking about Ahmaud Aubrey and what happened. That with him. was I was looking at my Instagram. That was and like now, a week ago, and two now weeks at best. We got a video showing George Floyd, and I think people just snap. And you have people out just. It's not even yeah, and and it was more than Ahmad because Ahmad or I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong, but there was Amy Cooper, the woman in Central Park, who called the cops on the black man. Like this yeah. all happened well. Ahmad happened back in February, and yet we only now heard about it three months later. Right. And I think that's what pissed people off. Three months later, and the people who killed him in broad daylight, hunted him down, were still walking. They had no charges against them. Nobody was even investigating it. They how were you, just free. How you get away? Because that's like broad daylight, and you, broad you daylight. shoot somebody. How you get away with that? It's, it's insane to me. So it was that that started the pot bubbling Mm -hmm. and then amy cooper happened and that was i can't i don't know his name offhand but he was in the park bird watching she had her dog off the leash and she was supposed to have him on the leash and the man told her you need to put him on the leash and she said you need to leave me alone or i'm gonna call the cops and tell Mm -hmm. them that a black man is threatening my life yeah. if i'm not mistaken it was something like he was like hey can you put put your dog on a leash because you're scaring the birds right while i'm trying to right you know do the bird watching and she He's was in fucking a bird, bird watching, watching. exactly and you know and apparently just she her just sentence flipped. it's yeah. just her sentence i'm going to call the cops and tell them that a black man is threatening me her level of awareness you know of As what that that what that yeah. does 
is again terrifying to me. It's like Which you guys know, know what is going on. Yeah, you know your it. power. And, and that's just scary to me. And that that as well, you know, like she acknowledged the fact that there's this there's this privilege that she's aware of. Yeah. But then I don't know if if it's people that just use that to their gain or if it's people who really is oblivious to it. And, and it's I like, think there you... are people that are are on some level oblivious to it, but she knew it. Yeah. She knew her power and she wanted to use that against him. Because he was doing nothing, and that could have ruined that man's life. God forbid he hadn't gotten that on video, mm-hmm. you know? Because there's a part in the video of Amy Cooper when she is on the phone, and I guess they're asking her what's going on, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, her voice gets extremely high and shrill. And if there was no video, you would assume he was attacking her, as if he was trying to rape her or something. Because she was just like, oh my god, he's threatening out of nowhere. You know, she's calm, calm, and then she starts to go shrill. And if there wasn't a video, he, he could have for sure gotten arrested and jailed for that. Yeah. For sure. His life would have been done right then. And she knew that. And that that is so sickening to me. Like, I think of our boys in every one of these situations, you know? And pe- I, I think that's something that people just don't understand. You know, when you're not the same skin color as us and you're dealing with whether it's a whether it's a white person or or the police for that matter, you know, you 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 just don't know the outcome when you when you are dealing with those type of situations, because same thing as the, the guy who was trying to bird watch, you can easily have someone who points the blame at you and just say it's a black man attacking me lord forbid the the wrong police officer comes up who doesn't even try and address the situation that could have easily been him in the back of that police Mm -hmm. car going to jail for something he completely didn't do and you also um shared a story with me not too long ago about i think it was a college professor Mm -hmm. who he was going through a situation where he was detained and, you know, it's something that I heard in my youth whenever the police stopped me and my friends is that you fit the description of something that blah, blah, blah. General, usually what it is is they stop you and, and police are like, hey, you fit the description of a robbery that just took place or um, something. And honestly, just it's got attacked you or something. fit the description of being black, honestly, like like if we're being honest. Yeah. And sometimes there's not even shit going on in the area. It's just that you're black. So they're worried. And you have this guy who he opened my eyes with his story yeah. as to his story you was know, very the type revealing. Of situation yeah, that can happen. Um, that story had know, me police, crying too. Yeah, police would stop you in that situation and saying you fit the description, and they wanted to bring him into custody. This was just a man who just parked his car outside of a grocery store. Yeah was about to go and teach a get class. A, I think he was going to go get a taco or something. Like he was yeah. on break. They stopped him. They said that he fit the description of a man who had committed a robbery in the area, and they told him it was down to his knit, his knitted cap. And he was like, I already knew that was a lie because this knitted cap was one of a kind. My mother knit it for me or, or yeah. something like that. So he's like, I already knew, you know, they literally stopped me because of this color of my skin. And he was like, I can't. 
I, I was so conflicted with my, in myself because I'm dressed from head to toe in the most expensive clothing that I could have had. I'm a professor, yeah, professor of a prestigious college. Like, I am everything that a black person could want to be in America, and yet you know? here I am still. And yet here I am detained. being detained like some common criminal. And he... I'm sorry, I cut you off. Do you no, want to tell no, the rest of the story? You, you, you kind of know the story a little bit better yeah. than I do, but he essentially is detained for a while they check this man's id ask him questions but all at the same time you know as a black man you're thinking in your head at any point this whole thing could go sour so, so that's what he was really, saying yeah, yeah he was like really process what you say and and how you answer to someone and he was saying that it couldn't even matter because he was like you know i had to come to the realization that my life could have ended right then as I was walking to get a taco, you know, because he he said that um, he realized if he agreed to go down to the precinct with them, that lady that it was a white woman who said that she had been robbed, that white woman could have said, yeah, that's him without even it being him. Obviously, you know, he she could have out of fear, out of whatever in that heated moment point at him and now his life is is over he's incarcerated or if he does if he declines to go down to the precinct he's now resisting arrest and that can turn into a scuffle and a gun goes off and now he's dead right there you know it, it was two end of life situations for him that happened on his way to lunch out of nowhere you know and and I think it was just such a a shockingly detailed awareness of what it is to just be a black man yeah, cause I in think, America. I think what a lot of people take for granted is when you deal with the police, or I would say a lot of people who who don't really, who, who aren't black. Um, minorities may face, you know, some of the same situations, but I, I feel like black people have really been yeah have really been suffering when it comes to police brutality so i don't think a lot of people taking to consideration no matter how you answer that shit could still take you down to a police station or to where yeah. you're on the ground with a gun in your face um so that's one thing you know i would like to try and paint a picture as far as what we would have to teach our children because i know um we we've had conversations before with like other people um some of our some of our white friends who we kind of voice to them like hey look we with what's going on we don't know how to even raise our children to deal with these type of circumstances and they'll just be like just keep doing what you're doing raise them to be good gentlemen and all will be fine but how do you portray the fact that at any point they could get stopped a white person could falsely accuse them of something and yeah. now they're still in jail i feel like that doesn't take place often with a white person who stopped by the police for sure and you and how and do you portray that to a person I don't know without them can. thinking like hey you're overreacting that's not yeah. gonna happen to them so two yeah shit happens all the time yeah like, so two thoughts on that you know you you mentioned us having a talk with our children and, and and telling them what to say and i've come to the realization this past week that there's no right way to go about it there's no way to go about it. You know, like we can tell them to just be aware and we can we can tell them things until we're blue in the face and that can make no difference at all. They could shoot Grayson or Noah before they even have a chance to talk because they feel threatened, you know? 
and and that's just it's sad i to think yeah that that, I, I, that's your children to think that that could be your children and you know we we see that a lot as well you know a lot of the a lot of the reactions that we've seen on social media is people always like yo this is this could be our kids this could have been anybody this could have been me and it didn't used to do anything to me until we had them because because we know how perfect those boys are you know we know how how perfect they are and and i can't even imagine that you know i can't uh, i think it um it, it leaves you for a loss of words um parenting mm-hmm. in in itself is just difficult and you have to now face this objective of how do i get my children to face the world without being afraid of it and it is that's the thing you know i don't want to teach them to be scared i don't want them to have to lie because of their skin color you know i i I want them to be brave so badly but i don't want their bravery to kill them you know and I, I I was I posted this thing on IG of this black boy talking about what his mother told him to do in order to to stay out of harm's way and and it was the most basic shit you know that should not have to have to be a conversation like it shouldn't have to be something that can kill you don't go outside without your shirt on don't leave the store without a receipt don't play your music too loud these don't are shit don't drive your car with a white tank top don't wear a do rag. Just don't wear a do-rag, period. It's basically something that I think... This these are, yeah, said. these are things that teenagers... That, this is shit that they do. This is things that they do, and these are things that are killing them. You are keeping a kid from being a kid. And you're, because you're they're black. Them to grow because up. they're black, exactly. Because, and I don't want to sugarcoat it, and, and I understand now, you know, why you were hesitant to do this episode, because it, it, it really is unraveling a layer and and it will separate us from some of our listeners and it will separate us from some some people and and I get that now in the moment but at the same time I still have you know that other side of me that that's like I want them to understand how scared we are even if they don't experience it I want people just need to empathize you know I, I just need them to to realize how how privileged it is to not have to worry about your skin color, to not have to worry, you know, that for the simplest shit, your son might not come back home that night. Like, they get to worry about the regular stuff, drunken drivers or or staying out too late partying or some shit like that. And we now have to worry about, is our son going to get pulled over? And if he's getting pulled over, what altercations are are happening there, you know? This is not just like a... Okay, once a some some shit's going down tonight, we need to make sure he's safe. This is a every. This single is going to be every night single night that you worry about him. You don't want your child going out at night past whatever, whatever the sun him, goes down. Not even because Philando Castile was killed right in broad, broad daylight. daylight. Amar George Arley's Floyd, broad daylight. Broad daylight. It, it makes no difference, you know. And God forbid there isn't video then nobody's going to get arrested. Nobody's, it's going to just be, oh, he was and that's a, that's another doing thing. some shit that you know, made, yeah, that threatened me. That's another, you, you would think you're safe if you get someone on video, but you're not. Like, you you still, we're seeing it live yeah. from video. You would think you're safe, man, but it's, 
and that's what that's what bothered me with that cop too you know like he saw that he was on video and it did not irk him a bit he did not think one minute like shit let me get off of him he just he just stayed there you know and it's just the gross indecency for some somebody's life like that is is just what's disgusting to me and i think it's what unraveled everybody um because everybody has been unraveled you know i've seen so many people speak out and and i think it's just that it's that you're uncomfortable watching that because it it just felt evil you know yeah yeah no one's really looking at him checking on him it's probably like four or five different police officers. As as people are screaming at them, he can't breathe. This man is He's screaming, I can't breathe. A man that's handcuffed on his stomach can't really do what much What is he going to do to you? And you have backup. Not necessary. Not necessary at all. And, and also to our listeners, you know, I know you addressed it before. And when we do talk about this, like you mentioned, it can unravel and come off, come off as aggressive. But it, we just want you to understand our our point of view and and how our minds have to be in order to try and survive in this world and we're not we're not trying to make this into a racial thing we have nothing against white people we just want everyone white black spanish asian whatever ethnicity you are we just want everyone to understand that what's going on in the world is not okay and everyone needs to voice themselves I feel like it's the world as well, because we've seen how other countries have stood up and protested about it. And we've heard about how some of our friends and family are out there and they're still having these same conversations that we're having about race and how what we're facing is overseas. Yeah, overseas as well. I haven't heard that. Like, um, I feel like we we've seen. We, I feel like we, we know what's going on within America, but I think we, we only hear about it because America focuses on America. Like we're so all about ourselves. We don't really hear any news outside of the country, but I think that also broke my eyes when, um, I hear you on that, but the only reason I don't agree is because I've looked up statistics or not every other country when it, because I was so scared because of my anxiety, you know, (laughs) I've, I've been looking at other countries to go live in. And there are statistics on black crime and there are statistics on police brutality. And it is drastically lower than America. Drastically. And so I hear you. And I know that there, we, we are selfish. We are a very selfish country. But the hordes of people that have been coming out overseas to defend George Floyd, I feel like speaks to their country too. It does. It definitely does. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're just as bad as America. I'm pretty sure, you know, their their forms of um, they probably have their own forms of whatever racism or or, um, social injustice they go through. I'm sure they have their own forms as well. And the wave of people that have come out to support, you know, um, the, the movement to get change done within America speaks to just how these other countries are Mm -hmm. that that in itself is just great and that that one of the positives that i do want to focus on you know with all this going on we have seen where this man has been arrested 
they're now trying to go after some of the other police officers who were involved in the situation as well. It fortunately it took fucking burning and looting for this shit to happen and people like standing outside of this man's house. But we have seen something done to where we hoping that this would just be a, a normal thing. If you see police brutality of this of, the, of this degree that these police officers will be arrested and and sentenced to 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 their their damn actions you know um but fuck i I lost my train of thought i know i was saying something about the country um you brought up protesting though and and i did want to touch on that that was one subject that i wanted to touch on and i i i love the people that come out to protest I, every time something happens, whether it's police brutality or mass shootings or women's rights or whatever, the people that come out to protest, I think those that like fully embodies my hope in America. You know, those people are the people that have the hearts that I used to think America was built was on. Yeah. yeah. And the people that have been coming out have been in droves as well. And, um, and I respect that and I love that. And, and I wish I was walking with them. Um, but as you, as we talked about, they've, they've gotten violent. Um, and because we have kids, I don't want to risk anything happening because, I, we have kids, so we which can't is, be out there. Which is also sad in itself. You know, we, we like, you brought it up to me today. Like, you wanted to go out there, and I had to sit there and think, like, I don't want you to go because I'm afraid right. some shit will pop up. I think off. two people have already died from the protests. Which is, which is crazy to me. Like, protests were peaceful for the past, well, I, I'm not going to say all protests, but we've yeah. had a good series of peaceful protests with movements and black lives matter and with what's been going on now you've seen the video with the target and i just heard a story of a in atlanta where like a black owned business just got torn apart and all of their merchandise was just stolen yeah there's a lot of small businesses yeah and it's like you don't realize that you're in These your things hurt people yeah, yeah. In your form of aggression it's it's tearing apart somebody's livelihood yeah um so i've been having these discussions and i've been seeing the memes and stuff on facebook and i hear both sides honestly i i hear both sides you know there's one side that is saying we are angry and we are mad and we we need change and silence is not doing anything because colin kaepernick kneeled and people have made um speeches at the golden globes at the grammys they've made speeches you know um they've marched they've done everything peaceful and it's old news in a few days so in their minds we need to do something Something needs to burn yeah Yeah. something needs to light up something needs to to be a physical show of force to show that we're serious and i hear that you know i hear that i understand that i don't know if it's right but I hear it, and I understand that pain. I mean, like I said, when I watched that video, 
I wanted the world to burn. I wanted everybody who would even remotely agree with that cop to burn. I wanted to feel it, you know? And there's some people that can't just let that simmer in them. Some of them need to feel it. And so I understand it because this is not an isolated incident. It's been happening and and and, and they they want to feel like like change is happening, you know? They want to feel like their hands are doing something. And so I get it, um, but I also think that there is a big difference between the rioters and the protesters and the looters. You know, I feel like there are people who are doing these things because of their anger and because they want their anger to incite change, and then there's people that are just profiteering and being advantageous off of that. That's what pisses me off. Yeah. Like, in the moments where all of this is going on with the riots... You still have people like within the target videotaping, smiling, taking selfies, grabbing shit and running out. Being advantageous. Yeah. yeah. Just to, you know, enjoy the moment, which this is not what this is for. Yeah. Should not be something that's joyful. Yeah. That you enjoy doing. And, you know, uh, same with me. You know, I've had that conversation with one of my homeboys before. Like, yo, I don't really condone the looting and rioting, Mm -hmm. but I completely understand like why it's happening. Yeah. Because when you go through fucking years and years and years of just trying to do quiet protests and yeah. don't see any change like all right I, I, nothing yeah. happening and i understand too you know because i'm i think what's important about what's going on and what needs to happen is that we have to understand both sides like when it comes to everything we have to understand both sides um we have to understand the side of the black community that is in pain and that has repeatedly seen themselves in images of being killed and 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 hearing stories of them being shot for no reason and murdered and not getting any justice of cops always walking free or or being put on administrative leave and you know we've seen it we've seen ourselves in these we've seen our sons our daughters our nephews our fathers we've seen everybody plastered on the tv only to become yesterday's news you know so the white community needs to understand that pain. And then on the flip side, the black community needs to understand the lack of awareness the white community has of their privilege. Because there's some, there's a majority of white people that just don't understand. Not every white person is racist. Because I feel yeah, like that's most where of the them aggression, aren't. Yeah. yeah, that's where the, a lot of the aggression on the black side is coming from, is that we, we tend to think that people who are really saying anything are Are racist which is not the case they just don't understand yeah and i think that that's what it is you know like they they're they're scared to start that conversation because they don't want to sound ignorant they don't want to start a fight and they don't want to to make it seem you know like like they don't they don't know whatever or, or they i don't know i don't know what it is but these conversations are going to be something that needs to be had you know um but with the white community, their white privilege is something that they don't even think about. Their white privilege is something that is something that is never addressed because it, it's what America was born on. So it's like breathing for them, you know? For us, we have to take an extra three three seconds to catch in that breath that they take in one second, if that makes any sense. You know, like, it's much more innate to them. And I think that that's why it's so much harder for them because they don't 
their skin is not something that they they have to think about, you know? Is it my is my skin color why I got pulled over? Is my skin color why that shopkeeper is watching me a little bit harder? Is my skin color the reason, you know, for so many things? And so we as a black community too have to understand the challenges that they face to rewire their brain in understanding you know and it all goes to like you said we got to start talking and it is and it has to be a talk to where it doesn't become combative i was gonna say point that's when shit goes haywire and then nothing gets solved at all yeah it has to be a simple i listen to you you listen to me you listen to me and and no one to step back no one to say we've had enough talks for today let's leave this alone and table it and we're going to come back like we it's not going to be something that's fixed overnight it's yeah. not this is it took what 300 years for this to be embedded it's going to take a while to 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 undo it and there are those those white supremacists and stuff you know who it won't change a thing like you have to know when you're talking to someone who isn't open to it but there's so many white people who have come out to to just kind of be like with their hands opening saying teach me show me which is great tell me what i'm doing wrong you know and and it and it shows that that it's just that they don't understand one um i watched a video it was probably like a year ago it was a it was one of those ted talks and it was a dude named daryl davis who was like a musician but in essence what it was was daryl um had experienced racism as a kid where like a white kid threw a can at his head Mm -hmm. and ever since then he would question you know why white people would feel they were the superior race and at some point he reached out to like a leader of the Ku Klux Klan to kind of like have a meeting with him he didn't address with the leader that he was black they kind of sat at a hotel and somehow some way this man would meet with the leader of the Ku Klux Klan almost like every week and they would sit down and just discuss why he's the leader of this clan, why he feels the way that he does, and why you don't like me as a black person. Mm-hmm. And through that conversation, he started inviting the black man to his home around his kids, mm-hmm. his family. They would have dinner. And they have like a news a news uh, clip of where Daryl was invited to one of the Ku Klux Klan's meetings. And he was just the only black person there, nobody messing with him. And the man would just shake his hand. He's right next to him. He talks to the reporters like, I have more respect for Daryl as a person than I do for any of you reporters because he sat down and actually listened to what I have to say. And at the end of their whole thing, which probably took a couple months or so, this mm-hmm. man stepped down as like the leader of the crew crush oh, clan, wow. basically saying, you know, I realize my wrongs and right. how my mindset yeah, was just that's amazing so it, it literally is just talking it, yeah. it took this man and that won't while. be with everyone yeah. you know like there will be those those people that are just intolerable and and incorrigible or whatever but that that story shows so much you know yeah. it, it's having that open conversation and not being so quick to to jump to bite you know um and i think it's important too to to list that there there will be levels like there are people who need to protest because there are people who won't be able to have those conversations Mm -hmm. and you need to leave them and let them do the protesting, let them get their anger out on the streets, you know? And then there's the people who are capable of doing the talking. And those are the people that need to, to be able to sit there and have that conversation and keep the conversation going. Um, because, because it just, it, it needs to be ongoing. It can't, 
it can't just stop in a week after we get tired of it you know yeah Yeah. whenever this shit happens we can't just have it going for a week and then it's it's done exactly yeah that's consistent in order to see change and um we we just have to be more more mindful of um the the world around us who we have in office and no originally that was that was my mindset when it when it came down to you know how do we invoke change yeah in in the world um and it's, I, yeah sorry no no you're good i'm a I, i'm a very peaceful person and i feel like the best way to go about it is strategically we don't like the way that the world's going we take the people who run the world and change it to the people who we like yeah um and i've always thought it was just president wise until you know i just did my own little I kind of, I kind of went into a hole of just watching these videos of other political figures talk and and just activists, uh, you know, speaking about your local governor and and just kind of looking into those people and it, it makes sense. It's just really up to us to really do the research on who we believe should be in these in these seats running, not only our city, our state, uh, and, and and so on and so forth. We really just got to take it in in consideration that it's not just a president that we're dealing with yeah um and it's the elected officials are always going to be tricky you know i'm reminded of like that scene from v for vendetta when it's like the the government shouldn't control the people the people should control the government um and so when it comes to the elected officials i feel like they're they're such pawns in in such a bigger scheme of things that I feel like the it always comes back down to your neighbors you know like who are you next door to because we can't control the government until we're we're Unison. we're moving as a unit yeah until we're moving hand in hand and and so that starts with understanding your neighbor um, so I go back to, you know, like starting that conversation with whites and whites starting conversation, conversations with each other, because it's not until like that divide has that like aha moment and they get it, you know, that, that we'll be able to move past that. There's already such a great big group of them that do get that. And I love them for that. And I, and I love that about them, but there's so many of them that don't, you know, I, I shared with you like that um experience that I had on Facebook talking with um I guess a friend quotation marks (laughs) on on his views of um of what's going on and he reiterated something that you said earlier you know then he was like I believe that um as long as you keep raising your sons the way that you are and they have situational awareness and everything that they're going to be fine and I, in, in essence, I hear him, but he can say that because he's white, you know, he, that's literally his white privilege being able, giving him the, the, the chance to say that. And, and he, he said that, that he believes that blacks are taught the fear that they have towards police. And again, I think that is white privilege, mm-hmm. you know, like I understand 
on some levels, he's a conspiracy theorist, and, you know, he, he believes that media incites race wars and stuff like that, and I, on some levels, agree with that. You know, mm-hmm. there are times where the media stokes the Most flames. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, like, with, with what's going on with George Floyd, even before then, the coronavirus, that is all that was on TV. Yeah. And I feel like the media lives off of that fear. Yeah. In order to... They certainly yeah. stoke the flames, and they certainly... They control what we see, you know, so they're going to hype up whenever whatever needs to be hyped up. They're going to only show coverage on things that they only want us worrying about, you know. So on some levels, I get that, you know, some levels they do make it worse, but they're going off, in my opinion, they're going off of things that are happening, you know, like at the basis of it. There is police brutality. Yeah, yeah, which I, Floyd I think that's did happen. The, yeah, I think that's the problem that I get as well because I, I hear a lot of my my white friends discussing, and it's kind of like you're not acknowledging that this was police brutality. Yeah, but more so you're looking for a way to debate. Right. That this is. I don't want to say that it's it's okay but yeah you're kind of trying to justify why that's what i'm happened. saying like there's so many little pieces around it that i think white people like to harbor on and in my understanding of it i think that that is just their discomfort of being able to talk about it i think that because they don't understand it and because they can't empathize with it you know they break off and it's well what about black on black crime what about when other whites are shot by police officers what about this what about that and we are not in no way negating the fact that all those other things around it happens but we're talking about the core you know like right now we're talking about police brutality towards black americans let's speak about that let's keep that yeah let's keep let's keep that in focus yeah so i i hear i hear whites and i understand your discomfort in it because i like if I'm speaking for me, I don't like to talk about things when I, it's like sitting at a conversation that you don't know about, you know, you feel uncomfortable because you feel like you have no input and you can't be a part of the conversation. So you want to steer it towards things that you can't, yeah. steer it towards your ethnicity. Right. You You feel, you you just feel defensive. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So So, I get that. And that's why it's so imperative how we, we bring it to them and how we speak to them about it. And we kind of have to coddle them into understanding like you kind of have to be like you see this is what this means and i don't mean to belittle them at all it's just that it's literally rewiring because you're you're taught this from the time that you're a child so you have to kind of be taught it again as in essence as a child you know to to try and understand what you're what you're seeing um and so yeah when he when he said that you know it it rang off as ignorance to me because i'm not I'm not taught to fear for my child. Fear is a natural instinct. Fear is a natural you can't instinct. Teach fear. Like, um, if I'm scared of something, I'm I'm scared of it. I'm like it. It. I know. I was when I was younger. I was afraid of. The yeah. Is I grew out of that shit. So I mean, it's 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 something that you naturally feel, mm-hmm. but it is something that you can get over. We, us fearing for our lives i don't think it's something that's easy hump to it's jump not over something as that's being taught. yeah so his shit. point was that the, the, the media teaches us to fear police and here's the thing i'm not necessarily afraid of police i'm afraid of the bad police i'm mm-hmm. afraid of the bad cops that and 
we're and, and I know we're we're like going over on time right now and we need to like we're gonna have to do two separate parts on this but my fear is not of the police my fear is of the the white supremacist and people who value black lives less disguised as police you know I'm not taught to fear for my child I am it is an innate thing for me to worry about who my child is coming in contact with. And it is white privilege for you to say that as long as your child acts right, he'll be fine. Trayvon Martin was walking with a bag of Skittles in his hand and he was shot, you know, and killed. And, and, even with and the Zimmerman story, walked free. Even with that story, you've had people try and paint the picture of, well, look at this bad black kid doing stuff. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's always twisted. And and yeah. It's always someone who is going to try and switch the narrative and make it into something that it's not. And uh, and again, we we personally don't know Trayvon. Mm -hmm. We don't know how this man was. But one thing that we do know is that there was a young black man. Right. We can see him. We can see him in us. We can see him in our nephews. And I think... That is the thing because white people, you cannot, you cannot deny the fact that there's a disparity between us. You know, that there's, there's, there's mistreatment between the way that a black male is taken into custody and the way that a white male is taken into custody. We've seen the mass shootings, you know, and, and how white males typically, unless they kill themselves, are going to walk out in handcuffs, you know. And the the probability of a black male walking out in handcuffs is far lower, you know? And so it's it, it's not a tit for tat, but it's more of a just understand our fear. Yeah. We have a higher level of fear for a reason because we are treated differently just based off of our skin color. So it, it's starting that conversation and and I understand the discomfort and I understand you know, not wanting to have these talks because it feels like you're on attack. And, and I think that that's important is, is that we're not attacking where we just need you to empathize so that you're able to stand up. You know, I've seen some memes where um, of white people lately who have when they see um, black people being stopped by police, they'll they'll wait nearby to make sure that nothing happens. That's what I mean. You which, know, uh, using yeah, your privilege. Yeah, which is. I don't know if the lady in that story we were mentioning earlier about the professor was a white lady, but there was a lady that was watching, and he ended up thanking the lady like I. I there was a black lady. There was a black woman. Yeah, she stood on the sides, I, yeah, just to watch know, I, and make I, sure that he was okay. Not that she could have done anything, you know, but it was more of a to be a, a, comfort, a witness and, yeah. and a comfort for him, yeah. Knowing that someone is here, mm-hmm. and that could easily be the deciding factor in these type of situations because yeah. lord knows what could have happened if no one was watching yeah um, um and it, and it and it's a point to say too so when i was having that conversation with the quote-unquote friend online um i came at that conversation with the intent of not making it an argument you know it was a very much like I know what you're saying and I don't agree with it and here's why and now I'm going to back off. Like I just I just want you to hear my opinion. Yeah. Um and and I had a friend who's much more angry than I am, you know, angry to get her thoughts out and angry to show her emotions and she jumped in and in my opinion the the 
the conversation devolved because people just got angry. And that's what I mean, you know, like, we have to watch how we're crafting these things. Sometimes in the moment, it's good to get out those emotions. It's good to be mad because you just need to get it out. Mm -hmm. I hear that. That's fine. But for us to keep moving forward, like, we need to be able to have these conversations where we're coming at it from this leveled ground, this leveled ground of understanding. Like, I know whatever I'm about to say, you're not going to get off of the first round we're gonna have to have a couple talks yeah, before this starts to, to filter that, yeah yeah <laughs> a discussion mm-hmm. ongoing discussion and i i had my account i meant to tell you this too before we even started recording but i ran into the same thing with one of my friends on on facebook as well like he posted something it was a, it was a long it was a long two paragraphs maybe um he was kind of just listing statistics mm-hmm. and kind of like how the media is portraying this to kind of get black people to feel outraged thinking that this whole thing is a racial issue mm-hmm. but it's not um and i just didn't like like the way he started it off made me realize you know you you, you don't understand what's yeah. happening and he he basically said like if white people rioted every time we were killed by blacks there would never be any peace and Say that it again if if white, white people. people rioted every time we were killed by blacks, there would never be any peace. So, um, just, just the way he, he started it came off as a very argumentative type of Yeah, that response. sounded argumentative. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's not, it's not him coming from a place of understanding or just him really giving a, his view. It's mm-hmm. just, you're trying to, you're trying to debate. Yeah, which I, I don't think is a that good way to go about yeah, these type of situations. And, and yeah, I just seen like his comments just blow up where everyone's just like, no, 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 and you know for good reason because I mean I, I just don't I just don't think that's the right way to go about these type of situations, man. Yeah, I I've seen I've just seen so much ignorance, you know, these this past week or so and i think everyone has had to do a lot of spring cleaning on their facebook i've seen that a yeah lot people are just like i just did a whole clean spring yeah friends on my facebook did i miss anybody exactly <laughs> i saw like this guy this meme was going around and it was like if you say any of these things you're automatically blocked and it was just like all lives blocked if you <laughs> and like it was just like a, a string of different things of reasons why they'd be blocked and at first when i saw it i was like come on man that's just a bitch much and after this week i'm just kind of like i agree blocked. See, I, think, I think i'm still i'm still on that fence like i think this is kind of like a a second round of what we went through when trump was elected mm-hmm. like how it just kind of separates everybody and makes you just evaluate people in your life really but i feel like this is just so much oh i don't even want to say heavier because trump was heavy but i just feel like we're in a different playing field because i think when trump was elected everybody was quiet about it you know nobody was saying they were voting for trump it was taboo to vote for trump nobody was outwardly like, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. Mm. So, which is why everybody was complacent in the fact that Hillary was going to win. Because they were like, it's only white supremacists that are out there voting for him. And nobody else in our circles are doing that. Like, everybody was very hush-hush. Oh, people was like, yeah. not really 
supporting him, but low key supporting him. But low key, they were supporting him. I mean, they came out and he won. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and we, and just based off of the supremacists that we were seeing on TV, though, they weren't enough to, you know, elect him. Mm -hmm. That's his base, but they weren't enough. So, it's our neighbors and our friends and, and people, you know, that were really like, eh, I kind of yeah. fuck with what he's saying. <laughs> but they just weren't saying it, you know? So they were very right. low-key with it. And this time around, they're saying it. So I feel like it's a different playing field of hurt that's being thrown because they're in our face with, I, think I don't it, agree. I think it's or probably I don't, a little yeah. bit more vocal as far as, like, what we've seen on um news and and just like because social media and how everyone is outraged about it i think that is what what sets it off um but with with trump's with trump's campaign i i think i noticed the same people who i questioned being the people who uh i didn't i know for me nobody nobody spoke about trump nobody said that they agreed nobody said that they didn't agree it was just kind of like a look at this guy Uh, and that was it at least from my side like nobody acknowledged it and so that's why it rocked my world when he was Mm -hmm. elected because nobody on my side was even entertaining the idea right you know and now during all this they're all talking, you know, or even before this, it was like, we love our president. What a great president. Look what our president said today. Yeah. And and it's like, so you... Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. So you were with him from the beginning, you know? So it was definitely a switch for me. Um, but we're we're way, way over time yeah. here. Um, I, so I think we should take a pause um, and allow us and our listeners and everybody to keep processing um and maybe jump back into this next week because this is this is a lot yeah, it's a lot. and to... there's a lot that i didn't even get to ask you about or talk about and there's yeah. still a lot of things that i want to unpack but yeah. i think we should take a break and i was just everybody's episode so it's... <laughs> <laughs> you were it's... vocal and i think that's what i i, I I do love about what's happening too is because people are vocal, whether it's in the negative or the wrong. I feel like we're getting something out of both. You know, if the negatives are vocal, we're learning that you're negative. You know, we're learning that you're someone that we need to watch, you know, and the people that are positive are coming out in much bigger numbers. And again, that's, I think that's a great way to invoke change also if someone comes out and states their opinion and it's a negative opinion or not the same as yours it's how discussions are made sometimes that's how opinions can change so it's a it's a good and bad thing you know you see you see the opposing side of things but at the same time it gives you a a chance to hear one each other out um show sympathy empathy compassion and just be a human. I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We all want to be equal and be treated as humans. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, but we hope that. I don't think there's like any any good way to like wrap wrap it yeah. up. You know, like it. It's just there's just too much like. 
It's like you ever get like one of those really weird ass gifts that you have to tie a bow around and it's like no matter how I fucking <laughs> put this gift wrapping paper on, you out. just look fucked up. I feel like this is how it is. Like this is how America is. No matter how we try to fucking tie it up, we're just fucking ripping out at the seams right now, you know? We gotta try. We gotta take it to somebody at Hallmark to yeah. to wrap so they could be like, This is how you <laughs> take do it. To Ireland. <laughs> you know, Ireland. Things, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. But shout out to Maya. You saw Maya? Yeah, yeah. yeah My cousin was, Maya is in Spain and she um she rallied up a protest. She was texting me and um just voicing her frustrations to the people around her and and within her own heart about what was going on and you know I was just I was very much like we have to keep the conversations going we have to elicit change we have to give them space to change and da 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 and and Maya was like bet but that's not enough let me let me go out and do something yeah she she definitely voiced her her side but i think what she also did was just like show tremendous leadership yeah and she just took control and in a short time span she was able to schedule what she did she even had like a um translator translator. yeah Yeah, she had a translator (laughs) out there which is crazy like she she definitely took control and and made sure that she was her and she had a a crazy following out there and major major props to her yeah. You know, I, tr- I wrote her a message and she seen it, but she ain't write back to me. But I felt a little <laughs> salty about that. But oh, she a <laughs> protest and now she can't fuck <laughs> yeah. with you. I was like, she yeah. probably just been. I know. She was like, hmm. <laughs> didn't see you rally up yeah. a protest, Jay. <laughs> I told you I was, I was busy that night. All right. I'll show you my sign that I drew. <laughs> I spelled black wrong. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Put negro. <laughs> <That's not bad. laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, this was a super long episode. It's super heavy topics of what's going on. Um, I wish we could have, you know, just given you guys something happier this week and and take it off your minds. But I am of the opinion that it it kind of just needs to be addressed. So I wanted to talk about it now. Um, but I do think it's important that you guys take a break from it sometimes. Social media and the media are very heavy. And for your mindset, it's not good to watch it 24-7. Mm-hmm. I understand wanting to be in the know and wanting to be up to date. But even if it's just an hour out of the day that you're not looking at posts and reposting and looking at the news, just keep your mental health in mind because it's this on top of your regular life struggles going on right now so just give yourself a lot of space um but we'll be back next week to talk about it some more mm-hmm. and we'll dig a little bit more into social media as well yeah um, but yeah through all what's going on please ladies and gentlemen take care of yourselves stay um, safe stay safe um, stay loved love everybody please and talk show love keep yeah. talking And that's it. That's it. We'll talk to you guys next time. We out. The Rest is Just Confetti is a show created by millennials for millennials. And we're just scratching the surface. Big facts. But we've got big goals as well. We want you guys to help us be a part of them. You know how the average guy in the commercial a couple years back was doing? Baby digressing. But he was like, man, you know, you're sitting on the couch. Yeah, but you're digressing. All right, fine. Do, Do what you do. 
we want you to join us on IG or TikTok. Follow us and be a part of the journey. You can also email us with topics you'd like to discuss, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, shoot us an email at restisjustconfetti at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, it's your boy Jake Dizzle, always in the scripts about to be on. Oh, God, boy, finish now. Snoop Dogg do it all the time. You're not Snoop Dogg. Damn.